Hey, welcome to Movie Vacation Podcast. I'm your host, Brady. And, oh, and we'll get back to the references that I noticed on Halloween last time we were talking. So anyway, since Joe cut me off here, I'm going to keep going. Um, so- Hi, welcome to Movie Vacation. I'm, I'm Joe. Just- I'm going to leave. <laughs> I'm Tyler. I'm back. I'm not dead anymore. Changed my mind. Uh, God. <laughs> so did y'all miss me? or? Yeah. I did. I'm glad. I'm doing 40 years of bullshit. <laughs> 40 years of Captain Kirk not saving the Enterprise, but killing people. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's a Captain Kirk mask, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Just painted white. See, I know Halloween stuff. <laughs> yeah, because I told you. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Brady only told us on this show. <laughs> you would only know that because of me. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. How's everyone doing? Uh, I'm alive. I'd be watching movies, you know, be listening to music. I almost died Friday again. There's what that. You know, the heart stuff again. Just oh, that's decided right. to fucking, it was like, I woke up Thursday. I was like, and then Thursday night, I was like, Ugh! and then Friday morning, I went into the hospital. You know, it was a day. Can you fucking not? Look, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <clears throat> you got to talk to my heart about that. I don't want to talk to your heart. Like, legit, dude. That was the worst hospital experience of my life, too. What's about it? Yeah, go on. Nah, I'm not going to. I'm not, <laughs> not going to put the hospital on blast, even though I should. But, and like, look, I'll look. I'll just say this. I am someone that had been in the medical field for literally 29 years of his life you know my entire life uh so i totally love and respect all doctors and nurses i get that their jobs are hard and shit like that um <clears throat> but goddamn dude at least try sometimes i guess no like for real like this this doctor i swear did not listen to a single thing i said and it, it literally took it literally took me calling my actual doctor who was a, across the street to get them to realize I was in the ER to get the people I needed to come see me to fix me essentially. And when my my cardiologist, when I got to see him at the end of the day, finally, like when I told him what happened, this man's eyes were like the whitest thing I've ever seen in my life. He was like, really? You're the one who called the office? And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh. (laughs) You should have walked across the street with your IV still attached to you and just be like, somebody help me, please. You mean the useless IV that does nothing? And like, now I have a pretty gnarly, oh, you can't really see it. Pretty gnarly bruise from it. Yeah. I didn't know you had a tattoo. I have two tattoos. How do you not know that? I don't know. Never came up. You're always blurry. So there's oh, one. Okay. Well, and then there's the other. Yeah. And I, then I'm probably going to get a third one here. I'm your February. Prince Albert piercing. For real? No. <laughs> Ooh. 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 Or a Jacob's ladder or something. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Oh, so much. So much. Oh, no, I'm probably going to get, I'm thinking for my 30th birthday, I'm going to get, uh, my camera body with an old school microphone in the lens on this arm. I forgot nice. you're not 30 yet and I feel old now. Oh, dude. 
I I got something to tell you tell you later, but <laughs> I I did somebody asked something. me my age at work the other day and I was like, I'm 31. And after I said that, like I thought again and again for like the next 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm 31. I know. You're like, where, where did, did all happen? this time go? That's yeah. not right. <laughs> That's not right. Something happened. Where are you, youth? <laughs> Blows my mind still. I don't feel 31. All right. So what are we talking about today? The the collapsing of Western civilization. Hell yeah. Election day? That was yesterday. Or Tuesday. <laughs> um let's not get into that. Let's start. Yeah, let's let's not do that. Let's start with uh Joe. Have you watched all of Rings of Power? I have watched all of Rings of Power. What what was your okay? So I was listening to uh since Kevin Smith is on his Clerks 3 tour currently, his podcasting partner for Batman Beyond does his own show called Black Man Beyond. And today and the guy that today, him and the guy that runs the podcast, who also owns a scum and villainy cantina in LA, which is a Star Wars themed bar. Um they talked rings of power and um House of the Dragon. And it was interesting. And I know you probably didn't watch House of the Dragon. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah, I don't um, watch that. But it was interesting because the the guy who runs the show, like the, the guy who basically is, runs the Zoom call for him and all that, um, he goes, you know, I started out hating House of the Dragon and ended up loving it. And I started out loving Rings of Power and ended up not liking it as much. Like he said, towards the later episodes, it seemed like whatever budget they had, they kind of got lazy with it. Compared to... For House he was of Dragon? Compar- no, for uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, and he was comparing it a lot to, like, Peter Jackson's movies and, like, what he was able to accomplish. Like, for instance, like, Kate Blanchett's character. Um, how Peter Jackson specifically built, like, a lighting rig for her character so she could light up. Right. And, like, it in um rings of power it just looks like they like shine a flashlight over in the direction of the camera pointing and that's kind of like how it felt and he's like he even said at one point it's like they didn't even care to dye the character's hair to keep it like continuity well i i didn't wait to the end of the season to watch rings of power it just kind of happened that way because school get me pretty busy this last this first half of the semester but I, I watched the first two episodes when they first aired, and I liked it. Now, this isn't a like by the book interpretation of what goes on of Lord of the Rings. They they base some of the ideas of what's going on from the from the whole arc of the story of the of the story into it, but still kind of putting their own twist on it and everything. Um, we're, we're seeing a young Kate Blanchett's character, which is Galadriel. Um, she's not the she's not the character we know just yet, so that's why I don't really have a complaint about her, like like her lighting. How you said, like you know, yes, it had the, the rig when she was like in the movies, but she's not there yet. She's not at that point of, I would say, of power just yet. So it's not necessary to have that type of lighting on her. Um, she's young. She's she looks like she's in her maybe like late twenties, early thirties. 
So I, I can imagine her hair being a different color and, you know, just the way the elves age is different. But overall, I, I really enjoyed the show. I didn't want to compare it a lot to Jackson's trilogy um, because I, I, I just felt like that's its own thing. It's, it's a different, it was from a different time frame. Um, but I, I can, I do see where people want to make those comparisons because we, we do see Elrond, which is in Jackson's trilogy. We see uh, Galadriel, which the, is in. Which one's the guy that ends up or is supposed to throw the ring into the thing, but can't, d- doesn't do it. It's still doing. And we he's in him. the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was another thing they said that they had an issue with was the fact that like, they almost made him like a bumbling idiot in the show and it would make more sense to have him have character flaws instead of just being an outright idiot that why that way when you get to whatever season it's going to be where it comes time to him for him to throw the ring into mordor it makes sense for his character to not throw it because you can think back all the previous seasons like oh that goes into this flaw instead of just like oh he's just so he just well, I wouldn't call him a bumbling idiot, but he definitely is a young man. So mistakes and flaws are bound to happen there. Now, he does have some virtues of, of being hero-esque, I can, I can see, because he's like the, he is, of course, Elendil is another character we know. He's the son of Elendil, and his dad is, a, is basically like a captain of, of the Sea Guard in the show. So like, he's trying to live up to the expectations of his father, but not, but still kind of becoming like doing his own thing. So I can see where people would, would say bumbling idiot, but he's making the same characteristic, you know, mistakes that anyone of his age, I would assume in a show or movie would make. But it, it does make me like curious on like, how are they going to progress the age? Because like I said, he's just a young, he's a young man at this point. He's not the soon to be leader of the whole of men to where he has the ring and he gets tempted by it and stuff like that. Um, I liked a lot. I liked a lot of the show. I wouldn't say there was a lot of dis- like, it wasn't disappointing for me. I didn't have much expectation going into the show. Uh, and they didn't really give you a lot going into it beforehand with promotion and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, I, I liked all of it so far and I definitely want to watch it over again because I liked the story the storylines they, they were building just the confusing like the one the last episode was, was the one that kind of made me like scratch my head because they they had one character who they were calling the stranger which was a it was a giant uh, man that was hanging out with the harfoots which are little people similar to hobbits and the whole episode the whole i would say the whole season you're kind of assuming he's a wizard everyone's kind of thinking he's gandalf um but it wasn't gandalf and then these evil people showed up and made you believe that he was Sauron. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not right. That can't be him. And I had a hunch that it was somebody else and uh, ended up being somebody else. And they, they revealed that this character was essentially a wizard, like the, the first wizard to show up in, in Middle Earth. So that was cool. So I was like, okay, like they're starting to introduce this stuff like that. Okay, so as a fan, have you seen like the viewership for the show? Like, has it been steady, like positive, or have they dropped in numbers or anything like that? 
I'm seeing mixed one. When, when I was keeping up with that, I saw mixed reviews and it just kind of like fell off the internet for me. Okay. Cause apparently they have since the final episode have since slowed down production on season two. Hmm. Um, and part of it could be because apparently they're going to move from New Zealand to the UK and go film there. Um, that would make sense because honestly, it feels like I'm watching a BBC show. Well, the, the and I guess have... a lot of the actors and stuff are from the UK, so it makes sense to have yeah. them go be closer to their families and stuff for eight months out of the year. Right. But it's also kind of weird that like to think that Amazon spent X amount of money on this show and all of a sudden they're slowing down the production for the continuation. It seems a little weird. I get that. And honestly, like, especially because, like you said, because the show, like, people were like, oh, yeah, the show's out. And then it dropped. Like, no one talked about it. Well, I think because people wanted it to be a certain thing. And this is a fandom that it's their first time getting, like, real big spotlight, like, for a series and stuff like that. Because honestly, like, how many, like, how often do you get to hear about people talk about Lord of the Rings other than a movie or stuff like that? So I think this is, you know, there's just so much lore for the for the overall story to to try to dive in and it's like well you can't get this wrong because it says here in appendix whatever (laughs) you know from this age that he made a left turn instead of a right you know shit like that um yeah but how many let's be real the i know the fandom's big but how many of those like super nerds do you think actually have read the full Samuel Rillian or whatever it's called? You'd be surprised. Have you read it? No. Oh, okay. But you'd but... be surprised. <laughs> and it's not that this is it's, the Samuel Rillian isn't necessarily a like a storybook to read. It's more of a. I know it's like more a of a guide. Book. Yeah, it's more of a guide, more of a history book. <laughs> but apparently, that's what that's... they're basing the show off of. So. Yeah, and I think. People like your more casuals would think that's more of a story arc. They're like, no, that's not what it is. And like, unless you know what's kind of going on, you might not like it. And the, the rating on Amazon shows that I think I like three and a half stars out of five. It's not bad. Which it's not bad. I said mid. It's, I guess. It's, it's the first season of it. I'd say give it more time because I thought the story arcs that are in there are pretty cool. Uh, I was honestly. Super excited to see Celebridvor, which is the guy who makes the rings. He's the elf uh, smith that makes the rings for everything. And I was like, fuck yeah, because that made me want to go back and play the Lord of the Ring video games of Shadow of Middle-Earth and Shadow of Mordor, because he's the ghost that you interact and he's part of you. Which I'm like, sweet, like we get to see all this stuff, how he's forging the rings and stuff like that for the elves and I would assume ultimately for the men when it comes to that time. And then you would get to see um, Khazad Doom, which is where the, 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 the dwarves live. And we see Doran the Fourth and everything. It's a lot of cool stuff that they're I showing the you. Coolest how it thing is the, I think the coolest thing is the, uh, the opening credits thing is yes. completely practical, not CGI'd it's, at all. It's very practical, but it tells you a lot of story if if you know what's going on in the lore and stuff like that. No, I but mean honestly, like the the logo the logo for the show itself. Oh, they literally built out like a table and poured in the 
the molten and everything to film that look that's not cgi mm, okay i thought you're talking about the like the opening sequence where it's like it's the black background with the i haven't watched the fucking show okay well i don't know maybe you've seen it i it's meant very... the, the the logo joe okay, okay well whatever that's the opening hey hoosers i'm i'm pretty happy with the show overall like i said i had zero <laughs> zero uh expectation going into it i like everything i've seen so far i can't complain uh has anybody else watched andor caught up on it anything no i haven't had time i've had i've gotten to like the first i think four episodes and i'm just letting it because i know it's only going to be two seasons um it's going to be this season and then next season and next season is um the final season and it's apparently going to be the like by the end of next season lead right into the start of rogue one that's what they've said. Ooh. Um, but it's um it's it's a it's a de- it's a better show than Book of Boba Fett, I think. I still think Mandalorian's their strongest like overall show, but I do like that what they a didn't tr- I do like that they didn't try to make this show like Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, and they're like, "Well, what's the best thing about Rogue One? Oh, the spy thriller aspect to it. Let's focus on that." Yeah, and that's what Andor is. I've also been watching the Mighty Ducks show season two. Um, it does kind of suffer without Emilio Estevez in it, in my opinion. Um, but it's still a fun show, even though it's definitely a kid show. Like Book of Boba Fett, kind of dropped the ball. I thought it was really good. Too many like, flashbacks. Too many flashbacks. I I get yes. You could have done all of that in like the first episode. Just give us a recap. Don't keep flashing back and forth. Because I felt like I spent a lot of time in the past and not giving us a very strong current plot to where he would basically take over. See, I and, didn't get that at all. I felt it was like a good balance but really i didn't i didn't think so i do want to give it props for using that parks and rec joke and actually fulfilling that yeah (laughs) which one uh when pat oswald's doing like the filibuster he's he's climbing out of the star life yeah yeah yeah, like to a t man it was great for honestly for me what saved that season was was uh mando showing power rangers was Mando showing up and everything? I thought that that kind of saved it for me. Um, but it was in those a, last like, couple was, episodes where they are fighting, like with the Snarlack and all that. That was pretty cool. Or Ring, yeah, like those, those last two episodes, they really pulled like they kind of saved it for me because I was like, before that, I was like, this, I was like, I am not happy with this show. Like, I didn't want to finish it. But then when Mando showed up, I was like, okay, like this is a great fucking episode. Yeah, I don't know. I I've seen that complaint a lot. I. I loved the whole thing. I thought it was really well done, but that's just me, I guess. So I do, I do kind of have an issue. Like I, I ended up liking the show. I do have an issue that they weren't confident in their own show and they knew it. So that's why you get a whole episode five. That is completely Mando and not even Boba at all. Like that just shows you that they weren't confident in the writing of that show. 
Which like, is what do we do for the fifth episode? Oh, completely focus on a character that has nothing to do with the show. Which is weird because like you have the original, well, you have the actor to play, you know, the good, the solid role. Just, I don't know, man. I liked it, but maybe the, maybe there was limitations on what he can do and stuff like that. But I would say it's the weakest of the Star Wars shows. But. Yeah, I haven't even watched Tales of the Jedi yet either. I think I also wanted to really like it because I I knew that would that was a show that my uncle would have been very excited about because Boba Fett was his favorite character, and then seeing Kenobi just fucking yanked in my heart the entire time. I totally forgot Kenobi came out. Kenobi yeah. was so fucking oh, good, amazing. The honestly, like the fights between Kenobi and Vader, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, go ahead. And just like, I think that was that was the first thing. Uh, yeah, that was the first thing Star Wars related. I like I watched since my uncle died, and I think that just kind of hit closer to home to me as well. But when he finally sees uh, Qui Gon at the end, like I just bawled. And I was like, God damn it. And I was like, waiting to show Qui-Gon till the very end was the best thing about that show. Yeah. Because yeah. they they give it to you in the first episode where he's like, Master. Like, and you knew it was coming. You it yeah, had to come. It yeah. had to come. It had to come eventually. But to wait till the last like sequence of this of the show, like I I just fucking cried, like ugly cried. And I was like, I do like the uh maybe so happy. Mm-hmm. I do like the meme version of that scene a little bit more. Where it's the behind the scenes of him from uh, Phantom Menace, where he has his umbrella and everything. Yeah. <laughs> he just standing I mean, out so there. much better. He has sunglasses on too, right? In that, in that <laughs> shot. Yep. I mean, the that's, most, that's like, a moment we've been waiting for. Ever. <laughs> that's a moment we've been waiting for since the end of Revenge of the Sith. So yeah, for sure. Like that was that was a damn good payoff. It was a great full circle moment, finally. Yeah. Well, it was also it was also set up in the end of the Revenge of the Sith because Yoda said yeah. he yeah. has to go see your old master for some new teachings or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like we've been waiting since that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh real quickly before we go on to the next one, I do want to say this. A24, this is kind of shocking news. Uh A24, because they're they're really good about doing original programming and not I guess you could say branded programming, like content that's already like an established thing. Right. Um, A24 has picked up the rights to do a Crystal Lake TV show. So a Friday the 13th prequel TV show. And I know I taught I told you guys about this. Um, how I thought it was a kind of a bad idea because the the rights are split between two people. Um and they just don't want to work together. So you can only use X amount of story when it comes to doing this show. Well, plot twist. Uh, one of the producers of the show is actually a team member of one of the people that owns some of the rights. And the other producer of the show is the guy who owns the other rights. Hmm. So they can now use the full lore of Friday the 13th. A little sneaky collaboration there, huh? Yeah. That's um, cool. So that's cool to hear. I was talking to, um, shout out to my dude, Cayman. He sings in a band called Strangle You. Him and I were talking the other day. He go, And he told me this idea that he had, and I 100% agree with him. The first season 
needs to end with Jason drowning. Not the first yeah. episode or anything like that. The full first, just like give us a whole season of buildup and then end it with Jason drowning. And I, I 100% agree with that. Like, Makes that'd sense. be so cool. You work at the, or you volunteer at the camp that they filmed Friday the 13th at, correct? Um, it's about probably like four to five miles from where I am. It's like, it's an exit up, I think, from where uh-huh. I go to camp, or it might be the exit before, but timing-wise would come out to about four or five miles. I visited it um, last summer. I Obviously, you can't, because last summer, it is like a, a, a Boy Scout like public park type camp too so like you can't go into the actual like campground itself but i was able to drive outside the gate of it but is it a separate lake that or is it just all one conjoined lake (laughs) that i don't know i could literally only see like the oh the gate to go down okay yeah they also filmed part of uh fear street part two there as well i was gonna say a24 walking around over there man drop some I don't know uh, if they come here. Got some ideas. They probably filming up in New Jersey. Probably, yeah. Which is where the original was filmed. Um, it'll be it, it's interesting because I don't know how much you guys know about the original, the original Friday Thirteenth. The fact that like Pamela Voorhees, Jason's mom, is the killer. Jason isn't the killer until part two. Yeah. So it is interesting that they're going the prequel route. Um, but if they're going to do the prequel prequel route. You do 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 Jason as a kid. Do him going to summer camp for a a s- summer or whatever, and then end the season with him dying. Like, I think that's a perfect show right there. I agree. Because here's the other thing about doing a prequel show for it. Uh, the there is a time jump in between. Jason dying in the events of Friday the 13th part one like 20 years because Jason dies in like the 50s and the camp doesn't reopen until present day 1982 or whatever whenever that movie first came out so you have time to like just have a fun story there you know what I mean yeah um the next subject we can talk about uh Something we all kind of like called, but we're very. I called. Thank you. Tyler mostly called it. We all said no. Everybody kinda... else said no. That'd be a terrible idea. But who was James it? Gunn? It is a terrible idea. <clears throat> James Gunn is now taking over DC as the Kevin Feige of DC. Let's uh, go. Supposedly, supposedly they offered the job to Kevin Feige and he said no. Um. At one point, I thought The Rock was in contention to be that person for him. God. Ugh. And now The Rock might be upset with DC for doing this because he said apparently in Black Adam or whatever, Henry Cavill shows up in the post credits as Superman. Mm-hmm. And he wanted and he was going to use that as a way to set up, I guess, Superman versus Justice League. Or Justice League versus Black Adam versus Suicide Squad or something like that. And now that James Gunn is taking over, they're obviously going to restructure things. So I don't think that's going to happen now. But there's also apparently like five different versions of Superman in the works right now, too. 
There's one with Henry Cavill and like one with like three other people. Like, yeah, I want a clarification on what Henry Cavill's um, role gonna be because he left The Witcher. Well, last I heard, last I heard, Henry Cavill has one full length film on his contract, and the reason he's been kind of MIA in DC movies lately is because he hasn't liked any of the scripts and he wants to make sure he likes the script if it's going to be his last movie as Superman. I don't think he would leave The Witcher for one movie, though. So I, I like that's the, I'm saying they might have renewed his contract. That's what I'm thinking. Also, like. there's talk that Zack Snyder might come back, too. I hope so. I really hope so. I don't, I don't see it happening, and here's why I don't see it happening, at least for a couple of years, because Zack Snyder is very much in work on his uh basically his version of star wars that he's making for i think netflix right now um he's it's been like a passion project of his for like something like 15 years and he's finally getting to work on it so until that's done i don't see him coming back to dc anytime soon i know his movies kind of they get a lot of slack but I like his styling. I really liked his extended version I, of, of Justice League. Um, I rewatched I, Dawn of the Dead by him and written by James Gunn, mm-hmm. ironically. Phenomenal film. Still holds up to this day. Absolutely hilarious. I like I like his, his work. And I I think they should have let him kind of take the reins on it to kind of to be the Feige. I don't like the idea of having James Gunn in this position because I don't want him to just suicide squad everything. Well, it's not just him, apparently. It's like him and like two other people. And honestly, they would, if they're going to have someone like this, well, what's going to happen with Matt Reeves is Batman. Apparently, that's not going to go anywhere. I feel like that needs to be its own separate entity because <clears throat> that's supposed to be a trilogy. And that's your best fucking franchise right now. It's always going to be your best franchise. And what he what he designed in the Batman, and how he talked about how he wants to bring in Mister Freeze, and of course the setup between Riddler and Joker. Like, you have a lot of good stuff going right there. And don't bother Matt Reeves. Let him do whatever the fuck he wants with the Batman. There's also. Just so you know, I think Henry Cavill's contract got renewed with DC for big money, and that's why he left the the Watcher or whatever it's called, Witcher, Witcher, um, because apparently when this dude the new and that's the only DC, reason why I would assume he left the one. Sorry, go ahead. You've kind of frozen if you're talking. No, you froze too. So yeah, I don't know. Well, hmm. they probably didn't even freeze when on the actual recording, which is weird. But uh, apparently. <laughs> When DC or Warner Brothers got the new owner or whatever, like when he came in, apparently he kicked in the door and was like to DC and was like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Your, your two biggest characters are Batman and Superman and you've done nothing with them. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. And so, honestly, Batfleck kind of That's why there's me. a shift. Yeah, what's happening with that? Because he's supposed to be in the new Aquaman. He grew on me and... Uh... But like, I, there just needs to be some sort of some uniformity, man. 
I get they want to cover these different story arcs and things like that, especially with the whole flash flashpoint kind of type thing going on. Multiverse thing. But they really they really dropped the fucking ball with all of that. Especially if James Gunn wants to win me over, he should have walked in. First thing he did should have done day one, got a microphone or Twitter or something and be like, you know what? My first act is Kevin Feige of DC Universe canceling the Flash movie. We're not going to do it because we don't need that type of negativity in our DC universe right now. Yeah, I wouldn't cancel that, it, but that I would definitely do the reshoots. Though, but... I would have done the reshoots. Yeah, they've had so much time to reshoot. They had so much fucking Now time. they don't have any time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, no. I know y'all are like worried about it and stuff like that, but the way I see it is this, address, this addresses y'all's complaint with what Marvel's doing. Like you get these big name directors and you don't let them film their style or whatever. Who else is going to like allow that except for someone who actually directs and makes movies himself like James Gunn does? I'll give Tyler that. I feel like he's going to have the overall story built out like he should, but he's going to say like, you know what? Do what you want with it. Just make sure it ties in this way or that way. That's, That's what I'm hoping. That he does that because I don't want everything to look like Peacemaker and and the. I also squad. don't yeah. think he's gonna have like a huge, like he might have like that form of like he'll help him flush out the story, long term. But I don't think creatively he's gonna be too involved because he has Suicide Squad that he's doing, and he has his Peacemaker TV show that he's doing. So he's busy creating for them as much as he is running them. That's why I said it's like him and two other people that are the Kevin Feige of DC now. So yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hoping he might be like, like busy enough that like he's like they'll come to him and be like, hey, how do you want this to go? And they'll be like, blah, 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 and that's that. But yeah. I don't think he's going to be in there creatively telling people what to do. I don't yeah, think I he'll hope- <clears throat> like let himself be that way as someone who came from, you know, trauma and stuff like that. Exactly. I, I don't think he would ever like have his hands in it that much. I would hope not, because I, w- I hope that their role is just more of like, a, yep. Looks good. Put it through. Yeah. But I, I yeah. do want some like you know for me like we don't need like just focus on one one actor to do some like the role because I think technically right now we have three different Batmans. We have Batfleck. You got Michael Keaton come back as Batman, and then you have Pattinson Batman. And the thing is, is like whatever happens, we're not going to see the effects of it really for another two years or so yeah because mm-hmm. he still has to finish guardians 3 right no guardians mm-hmm. 3 is done oh mm-hmm. is it mm-hmm. yeah because what happened special coming out what oh, happened yeah, was he what happened was is he did guardians 2 um then some tweets were undiscovered uncovered for some shit that he said so Marvel yeah. fired him unjustly. Yeah. So he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go do DC then. Went and filmed Suicide Squad. In the middle of filming Suicide Squad, Marvel was like, we want <laughs> you back. He's like, well, you're going to have to wait because I'm in the middle of doing this right now. I felt like he was fired for like 20 minutes and he shot that movie like in 20 minutes because <laughs> it just it felt so quick that he was yeah. back. Like, no, it was a back. good like two years. I yeah, think. but it, it just felt so But it did fast. felt like feel really quick. It could have been less than a couple of years. It could have been like a year. But I want to say it was yeah. a few months, to be honest. But yeah, I think it was a like, few as months. As soon as as soon as he said, 
as soon as he jumped over to DC, they were like, oh shit, come back. And you know what the first thing he said he did as a DC head? Was he called Kevin Feige to let him know that he was the new DC head. So obviously he has respect for this dude enough to call him and be like, hey, just so you know, I'm taking over. It'll be interesting, but like I said, we won't see anything really. Probably like a couple of years. I, I don't want them to touch the Matt Reeves Batman. Let it be its own thing. Let it be its own thing. Let it at least let him finish out his story mm-hmm. because he's saying things that even as a, like a non-comic book nerd and a non in a comic book movie hater, uh, I'm excited. Like if I get Mister Free- Gritty Mister Freeze, I'm happy. What I what I have like my my theory or my hope is, um, he wants to bring in Freeze and he wants to bring in Joker, but Joker he said not right away. I'm I think he part- wants Joker to be the last one. Yeah, I'm hoping Freeze pops up in the next one. So, at the end of the at the end of the Batman, of course, the city's flooded, and he's the narration is talking about how there's parts of the city that are um, unreachable due to the flooding and stuff like that, and crime will rise. I'm hoping that we we pick up the movie pretty much from there. Like it's been a few months, and he's trying to get into a like a a district of the city that's been taken over by freeze like he goes in and it's just a fucking frozen tundra of like a a few blocks and he's trying to get in there to get to mr freeze that's the kind of shit i want like just like a hard night of him just fighting through all that but i still want arnold schwarzenegger to play yes <laughs> i do but i don't <laughs> real quick so it was like a little less than a year that he was out for directing suicide squad they let him go in july 2018 he came back march 2019 yeah and then it's uh, as soon as he said hey i'm going over there they're like no no we come back him and peter safran are the guys who are uh, in charge of dc studios yeah Alrighty. Real quick so, before we uh before we change to the to the main topic. Um, well, we aren't on the main topic yet. I got two more topics. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to drop real quick because we're talking about new stuff. Um, I saw that yeah. the the script for the FX Hulu show of Alien is done, and they're going to start filming it soon, which what I forgot it? was happening, and I'm nice. kind of interested to see how that goes. Like, like the Alien, like movie? like Ridley Scott's Alien. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hell yeah. Man, that was announced like five years ago. What the hell? Yeah, they they finally finished the script and it's going to start filming. Yeah, apparently like Donald Glover was supposed to do like a Deadpool TV show for like an animated Deadpool show for FX and mm-hmm. that got dropped. That was like three years ago now. Um, he's, he's taking his sweet ass time with Atlanta, man. Yeah. Atlanta's <laughs> final episode is tonight. Oh man, well he like said he was before. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't him. He, he he was he wanted to do seasons three and four back to back, and he was going to, but the pandemic hit. So that's true. Um, but apparently he's also working on a remake of Mister 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 and Mrs Smith. I think a TV about show, that. yeah, for FX as well. But he's still a hundred percent determined to do uh, Lando as well. Yeah. Um, and I think supposedly he has one more album as Childish Gambino in him. 
and that's the thing like he he put out an album on like a website or like he put like an album's worth of tracks out for like a certain period of time and then they like that's all i heard about him I'm like was was that it was that the last album because it never printed physically it was no it didn't print physically but it went spotify after like a few months did it yeah but it, for a while it was only on that website it was like the date that it came out yeah it's yeah, an okay yeah. album i never a, heard it it's not like my favorite by him i listened to it because i wasn't sure if that was like the last one or like i when i was on the website like i heard it was on the website i was like okay well i'm not gonna go to a website just to hear us like in the whole album like that because it's it's, no, it's called like 12 19 20 or something yeah like that. Something like that. um so since we're talking about new movies obviously on the show let me quickly go over i Current, I've been trying to beef up my movie watches for this year. Uh, on Letterboxd, I am listed at having watched 43 movies so far this year. Nice. Um, my highest number is 2018 was 63, so I'm trying to get to there or at least beat it. Uh, so I've been beefing up my movies this year or this week, I should say. Uh, we had three that we're going to talk about. But before we do that, I wanted to talk about do 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 do. So I watched Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Which how was that? Watch it so uh, this weekend. For, for people that don't know, you can only watch it on the Roku channel, which I th- I kind of hate that you can only watch it on the Roku channel because I feel like people really do need to watch this movie. Um, well, my roommate was just saying you could just download the Roku app and it's there. Oh, that were okay. Yeah, I so. didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I I just know it's a channel that's on. Apparently, they have movies. I don't know. I I guess Roku wants to try to get this channel off. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um. So if you don't know anything about this movie, uh, a couple years ago, Funny or Die put out a fake biopic trailer for an Al Yankovic uh biopic um it was 2010 buddy (laughs) it's more than a couple years ago that long yeah yeah with aaron paul playing weird al Patton oswald playing dr demento and a couple other things uh Patton oswald is now just a cameo role in the movie in like a bar and the actor playing Al is uh Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe, who is like unnecessarily jacked in this movie. <laughs> um, I was just watching a uh Seth Meyers interview with uh him and Weird Al, and it's fucking great. Like apparently Daniel Radcliffe was like the first person that they picked to play Al. <laughs> and yeah, he's it, just like, why Al like, heard we're him nothing listen- alike. <laughs> Al heard him do something on like the Graham Norton show. And that's why he picked him. That was his choice. Uh, the second choice, if Daniel Radcliffe were to say no, was going to be Adam Driver. Ooh. <laughs> that would have uh, been good. <laughs> basically, so anyway, basically premise of this movie, weird. Does anybody have the Al, accordion? The Al Yankovic story is, it is a, a parody of biopics in the same vein as Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. But like more exaggerated. Um, 
and that, that's just the, that's the way that's the only way you could describe this movie um there is a few truths in the movie itself like at one point they talk about something that is known as the uh Yankovic bump uh which is when he would parody uh, so, a popular song or whatever that artist would get a bump in sales because people would go check out the actual song they would um, compare it right yeah so uh so that's one of the truths another truth is the fact that he got his accordion from a door-to-door salesman that's true but pretty much everything else about this movie is not true um oh wait wait, wait no no they record uh, my my baloney or my, my bologna. bologna. They recorded that in a bathroom, um, at a bus stop in the movie. Now that part of that is true. They did record that song in a bath. He did record that song in a bathroom, but I think it was at like a a bathroom of a recording studio, not a bus station. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he was saying in that uh, Seth Meyers interview. He said, like, you know, there are some truths. Like, I got accordion lessons from a door-to-door salesman. He's like, I recorded my Bologna in a bathroom. He's like, and I fought off a whole bunch of Colombian drug lords by myself. I've recorded in a bathroom before. <laughs> and it's possible. Um, <laughs> but, no, um, this movie is legit the funniest movie I've seen in a long time. I... I 100% will will say this right now. I watched this movie simply for the fact that like I knew one of us would watch it um and we don't say I, his name. Yeah. I I just uh I wanted to get ahead of him so I could shit all over the movie cuz I didn't think it was going to be good. But Love holy that. hell, it was so damn good, dude. It was the fun I was legitimately laughing out loud. Uh, if you're like I said, if you're a fan of Dewey Cox, the walk hard story or walk hard, the Dewey Cox story, you'll love this movie. Daniel Radcliffe portrayal. He, the best part about this is he's portraying the most stereotypical, like biopicy rock star stereotypes ever. Like there's a part where he's just like doing drugs and drinking and that's not weird out at all, like at all. And like he he. um famously recreated van morrison's or jim morrison Morrison. like drunk rant on stage it's amazing (laughs) um there's another truth in there in the fact that madonna is in the movie like a lot this movie is a lot of like (laughs) no but here's the truth is the fact that like madonna legitimately heard about the yankovic bump and suggested that he came to him personally and suggested that he do like a virgin as like a surgeon to get her sales to go up it's amazing uh, so they play off of that and make her like the the bad girl that like gets him in all these trouble and stuff like that so like she's the one who gets kidnapped by colombian drug lords mainly pablo escobar um <laughs> so he has to fly to the jungle and save her and he kills pablo escobar with one of his gold records that he wears around his neck for my Bologna going like quadruple platinum or something. Hell like yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said like, I, I have actually met Madonna for like 45 seconds, like 20 years ago or 30 years ago or whatever. <laughs> so That's another quote unquote true thing. 
but he uh he's playing the stereotypical rock star and then it was a perfect performance the cameos were great uh rain wilson played dr demento there's a whole pool scene where it's a literal it's literally just a scene of who's who like andy warhol's in it <coughs> um you know who emo phillips is i've heard the name emo phillips plays salvador dolly in it um there's just someone randomly standing in the background that's elton john uh so th- this this particular scene like i said it's a pool party it's at dr demento's house jack Black jack back plays the famous um radio host wolfman jack yeah and he comes up and he goes weird al if you're such like this parody songsmith writer guy then you need to write a song right now. Was this the scene where it's like a whole like pool party kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. And everyone's I... standing there and, and he goes, yeah, what song are you going to do? And like, uh, Brian, I think it's supposed to be like the bassist for, uh, queen mm-hmm. randomly oh, walks gu- out of the guitar player, Brian may No, the bass. It's the bassist, the guy who came up with the song. Okay. For, I... Who came? what the dentist yeah sure whatever <laughs> um anyway so yeah the bassist from queen shows up played by the guy who plays polka dot man in the suicide in james gunn suicide squad and he goes you should do another one bites the dust so i wrote that song um and i'm here and i'm the only member for queen that's here um and so they do another one rides the bus right there and everyone's like oh my god you actually do it um it was good. Um, I also loved how serious this movie took itself at being not serious at all. <laughs> um, like he, like he, he has like a drug overdose or something like that, and so he goes into like the hospital, and Lin Man Miranda or whatever his name is, um, is his doctor. Miranda, yeah, is his doctor, Racist. and he saves and he saves his life, and like Al like wakes up right away. He goes. <laughs> I need a number two pencil and a piece of paper right now. And then he starts writing like a surgeon at that point. Um, <laughs> and then, and then the best part is, is did you guys know that this is completely, this is a completely true movie. Just so you know that weird alley was actually uh, assassinated in 1984. Oh, wow. He's been mm-hmm. dead since 1984. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe it. That's literally how the movie ends though, is he gets assassinated by Madonna. In eighty four, yeah. Okay, I was I was gonna ask you like how far up do they come in time because I've I've heard that when Flo Rida find out found out that he was gonna do uh, uh, White and Nerdy as a parody or his like he was turn his song that wasn't Flo Rida. Oh, what's what's his name? Um, Charmillionaire. Oh yeah, Chameleonaire. I'm sorry, I wasn't yeah. thinking Florida. But when he found out that he was He thanks him so much for doing yeah. that nerdy though. He got so excited to find when he found out that Weird Al was was covering his song. It's funny you say that though, because at the final scene, they're at an awards show, right? Mm-hmm. And famously, Weird Al has asked Prince for years. Well, obviously not anymore, has asked to do Prince parodies for years, and Prince always told him no. So when Weird Al it's funny they go uh the award that he's winning is the award for the greatest accordion player to ever play in a very specific genre of music and it was like him and prince that were nominated and he won and there's a fake prince there and he storms off 
And then he's here's the oh shit, it gets funnier. It gets funnier because his dad was never like his dad was always like, You're never gonna be anywhere, you're not gonna do good in music. And then the story with his dad is you find out that his dad was a really accomplished accordion player who left his Amish lifestyle during Rumspringa. His dad is actually the original writer of Amish Paradise. <laughs> so Al takes Al takes the lyrics from him, which are like written in some like ancient paper and shit like that. And he performs Amish Paradise on this um award show, right? But the best part is, is you know, Coolio hates Amish Paradise. Coolio yeah. absolutely fucking hates Amish Paradise. And they have a Coolio actor sitting there like this the whole time. Well, hated. Yeah, hated. But he's <laughs> sitting there like this the whole time, just angry at this song being performed the the other funny thing was is uh he goes uh he makes um eat it after tripping on lsd with dr demento that's where he comes up with the idea to write an original song called eat it and so he makes eat it and then a month later guess who comes out with a song called beat it and he gets upset he's like now i was gonna think it's a michael jackson song <sighs> Like everything they did in this movie was just so stupid and so funny at the same time. That's amazing. <laughs> I um, need to see this. Yeah. Uh, the other movie I watched, I watched last night and it's a movie um, subject that I don't really watch very often, even though I'm a history nerd. Um, I don't know why I've never like, war films just kind of like depress me so it's not like something i really want to like seek out you know what i mean but netflix put out a new adaptation of all's quiet on the western front this is like the third adaptation of the book itself um i'll start off by saying i'm a that i'm a nerd when it comes to certain parts of history mostly like the world war ii era of history uh it's always my favorite subject in school but I'm not a huge fan of war films and I don't often choose to watch them, but I'm glad I did so with this movie. It's hard to say this movie is great because that seems too positive for such a bleak and horrifying war film, but it is a great movie. This story is well told. The cinematography is stunning. There's some wide shots of no man's land and other surrounding areas that are beautiful. There's use of both lighting and sound in this movie. Like, um, it makes you really like it, the sound is super immersive and there's a, a couple more scenes where like the lighting itself almost feels like you're watching like a uh, old school like film kind of go across the screen like that you know what i mean um i think this is the movie's based in world war one not two yeah i know well, you, well you're, talking, you're talking about world war ii that's why i just wanted to clarify no i said like main i was saying in this the form or the period of history that I'm usually interested in. Oh, okay, is. okay. Yeah, I was yeah. Like I'm just making sure. Yeah, I know what I said. Well, I'm just making sure. <laughs> you, um, you didn't say it was in World War One, so I'm trying to clarify for the audience. Whatever. And then I like the score itself. The score was pretty interesting. Um, it's not a traditional like movie score, I guess. Like, it, yeah. There's like weirdly, there's like militaristic drums, which I was kind of thinking would be in there but there's also just like heavy drum parts in it as well and not like black speed type drums it's just like like just sounds of like a bass drum going boom boom like for no reason and then there's also just like some orchestral to it as well i don't know i 
I gave it five stars. I gave Weird five stars as well. Both of them are five star movies. Um, I feel like everyone needs to watch both those movies, but I really do feel like everyone should watch All Quiet's on the Western Front. Just just because like it it it's super horrifying and then it slows down and then it reminds you that it's still horrifying and like it's just it's sad man like spoiler but everyone fucking dies in that movie like the characters that you meet in the first few minutes all fucking die in that movie and the saddest one is the main character that you're following the whole movie because like do you know how world war one ended no i haven't finished the movie yet in real life dumbass do you know how world war one ended um I don't remember off the top of my head. The French and the Germans they, didn't uh, they sign the... agreed to terms for a ceasefire yeah. that was to take place on the 11th day at the 11th hour on the 11th month. Um, And the movie, the movie literally ends with like the main, main character, his name's Paul, getting stabbed with the bayonet, literally two seconds before the ceasefire is called i haven't finished watching the movie yet. i got i have like an hour left but damn okay but yeah and i'm just like that's weird it, like i was so but okay so you you've you've you said you have like an hour left so you've seen it by now what is do you know what the things that paul was collecting off the where was it dog tags that was their version of a dog tag yeah it's like a disc they split in two and it was just so they could identify them or well, yeah, that, their family or something. Yeah, that that's kind of the point of dog tags. That's why those. That's why like our soldiers have two of them. One would stay on them. The other need to take the other one, so they can know like you turn it in <coughs> who, who passed away and stuff like that. Because that's what I was figuring, and then they were just like sitting, and like the next scene, they were sitting there just counting them. So it almost seemed like they were just collecting the count how many people they've lost. Well, they were they were getting their names down so they can you know tell the families and stuff like that. Um, that's why like oh, the guys he's sitting there he, and the one guy's reciting the name on the on the tag and then the German officer is like waiting for it and he just he can't bear to hear that many more people being lost because obviously they weren't done with that pile and he just wanted to tell like look how many people were losing in this war yeah um, I will say that this movie does takes place in the last like year of World War One. it starts t- 20 or, I'm sorry, 1917 to 1918, which is the last year or so of war. The the one complaint I had about this movie is um, it's a ger- it's originally a German movie, but then they I guess dubbed over it for Netflix, and the dubbing did not go over well because like it's like you're watching an old school like kaiju film where it's like. You, you hear the dialogue, but you see the mouth move like two seconds later, and it's very distracting. I was watching, I watched it, I'm, I'm watching it in German, in the original audio with subtitles on. I'm sure it's a lot better. It, the, it makes, I, it, it makes I didn't get rough. to select, it, it, I didn't get to select, it, it just happened. I was like, what? okay, I guess it's in English. When, when you told me that, like, I was like, I'm sure I can change it, so I like, I, uh, okay. oh, yeah, that makes sense. I hit play and I went to audio and subtitles and changed it to, to German because I wanted to hear it in their dialect and 
stuff like that. Um, so far for me, I, I really like the film because I, I enjoy war movies. Um, what are your top I, three? Ooh. Find out Almost. next time on Movie Case. Yeah, come, come back to me like do our... <laughs> I don't want to sit here and waste time. Um, I'll say it right here. Black Hawk Down, Fury, and then this one now. I haven't seen Fury. And that's one I wanted to watch. Saving Private Ryan's really fucking good. I feel like that's like... I've still not brought myself to watch Saving Private Ryan. It's so rough. And what makes it rougher for me is it reminds me of uh, the video game Medal of Honor Frontline and how like exact that the video game made the <coughs> sequence of D-Day and that movie are the very similar, but just watching Tom Hanks, you know, storm the storm Normandy. It's just fucking rough. Great fucking film, but a tough one to watch. Um, for me so far with, with all quiet as on all is quiet on the Western front, Tyler, I'm trying to remember the name of the dollop episode where the teacher in California teaches the kids about Nazism oh, uh, and fascism. Give me, I'm scrolling give me a second. It? I'll figure it out. Okay. The wave. The wave. Yes. Yes. The third wave. It was a book yeah. too. Or the, the third wave. Like the, the wave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what a fucking story. <laughs> Tyler, if you watch this movie, you like that episode makes more sense for me even even more like i understood what was happening stuff like that but how fast these boys were so like how fast and how eager they were to sign up for the war to defend their country and they're just like what and they get there and they're like this is not what i imagined it i want to go home and they're crying yeah and i'm like this is that scene where they're all in the bunker waiting for like the barrage to stop yeah and the dude's just like i just want to go i was like oh fuck dude yeah no, I, and I was like, I totally get that. <laughs> and like, I was like, this is how fast it happens because they were like, yeah, yeah, let's go to war. I'm excited to defend my country. Yeah, because the movie literally opens with like the four of them standing there signing the permission slips, and like Paul was like, I'm not doing it, and because my dad won't let me. And they were just like, just fucking sign your name on it. And it's like they don't know what his signature looked like. So like Paul was there, just like out of peer pressure, really. Yeah. That's the other thing I thought was like super fucked up too, was like the opening, the opening, you see like a battle happening. Um, and then you see them like recycle the uniform and like it get back, like a re old recycled uniform goes back to Paul because he runs back over to the commander real quick because this uniform belongs to someone else. And the commander just like rips the name off. He goes, now it's yours. Yeah. And I was like, the, what the fuck? The commander just goes, oh, it must've been too small for him. It's yours now. And I was like, Jesus. But what's fucked up? Like they like the opening they sequence. They sold out is, all the bullet holes and everything. Yeah, the, the opening sequence is them like uh undressing the bodies, washing the clothes, giving it to a seamstress, like it's in a giant room with other seamstress, fixes the uniform and it's like ready to go again. Here you go. You'll see the craziest part to me, Joe. And you'll see it at the end when they do like the post-credit like title card stuff mm-hmm. is and like I've known some stuff about like World War One, and obviously know more about World War Two and stuff like that. And I I know World War One took place mostly in trenches and things like that, and the area outside the trench is called No Man's Land. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll read that like that entire campaign 
they literally only made it like five meters worth of like traction for the however many years they were out there. Yeah, it was very much a gridlock back and forth. They didn't get yeah, and that's insane to me because you're like watching like you're watching like all these fucking battles. Like, have you gotten to the tanks and the flamethrowers yet? That was the last scene I I watched. Yeah, so you're watching all this like, man, this is going really far, and then you learn that like. No, nah, they maybe got like two feet ahead of them the entire war. And you're just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Insane. Insane. You know what else is insane, though? Beast. That was an insane movie. Good pivot. All right. Let's get into the movie, to the movies of the episode here. We got three for you. Um, All these movies for Beast, uh, you can find it. We're talking Beast. We're talking Vengeance. And we're talking Barbarian. Beast and Vengeance, you can find on Peacock. And Barbarian, you can find on HBO Max. I've never seen anything like this. I've got to get my girls out of here. Be careful. I need you to trust me right now. Come on! One of y'all go first. Cool. <laughs> go ahead, Brady, because I'm working on I'm working on my list of more movies now. <laughs> <laughs> um so I did so I tried to change it up a little bit because I was actually kind of paying attention to the movies this time around instead of like um trying to write as many notes as I could. But I did do notes for Beast. I'm sorry. No, I didn't do notes for Beast. Cool. Uh so beast i kind of went into it expect like the only reason i wanted to watch this movie in the first place was because i wanted to see idris elba or fight fucking simba like that's all i wanted to see that's that's the only reason anybody would ever see this movie and you know what the first 20 to 25 minutes were slow and boring as fuck um after that I really got into the movie. It started to pick up. I hated the character of the eldest daughter. Like, please write that character different. There is no need for her to be that stupid. I'm sorry. But it's like literally like the word, like there's horror movie characters smarter than her. Like he would be like, stay in the car. And like two seconds later, she's like, I'm going to go out where this lion is. Dude, Dude, uh, I'm gonna go <laughs> save this guy. Do 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 do. Just like, just like that. That was like, a great scene. What are you talking about? Like, like, like the the scene where they're like stuck on the tree and the lions like standing above them, like, yo, this is my rock. And like Idris Elba's like, get back in the car. And she's like, nah, you fight the lion on your own. I'm gonna go save this dude over here, though. Like, really, really, like the lion should have ate you right there. I'm sorry, but done done snatched you up and ate you right there because you stupid uh and how the fuck did she avoid the line that entire time by the way like idris elba's over here like fighting for his life every second and she's just skipping through the jungle like no issue and this line has no care in the world to fucking find her i mean it also had a tranquilizer on him so not at that point i thought it did at that point Mm -hmm. yeah because that that was how they went and got the guy no 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 they got stuck in the tree. She got out of the car and he and the lion came 
And Idris Elba was like, get back in the car. She's like, no, I'm going to go save Uncle Martin. Bye, Dad. You go fight this lion on your own. And he's like under the car, like trying to kick the lion. And his other daughter's like trying to stab the lion in the butt with the trank. Because his other daughter is smart and stayed in the fucking car. And called okay. her, told her sister out on her bullshit. Yeah, you're right. I'd... For some reason, I thought she was still in the car whenever the lion got the trank and then she got out. But no, you're you're right. Anyway. She could have been written better. The pacing was decent. The long tracking shots were nice. Um, the CGI left a lot to be desired. Ultimately, spoiler, ultimately this movie gave me what I wanted, which is Stringer Bell, which is a, you know, if you guys ever watched The Wire, that's a Wire reference, uh, versus Simba, or I guess he's more like Scar since he's evil and all that. Uh, was it a long fight? No. But seeing Idris Elba fist fight a lion is why anyone who watched this movie and it delivered... So I gave this movie one, two, three, four and a half stars. And literally the only reason this movie gets four and a half stars is because I got to see Idris Elba punch a lion. That's why I would go into this movie. I'm glad I didn't pay to go see this movie. I'm glad I could watch it on Peacock. But if I were to pay to go see this movie and I walked out, I get I didn't get one single punch thrown at that lion by Idris Elba, I would have fucked that movie, you know? It's a terrible movie at that point. But because he... I mean, he did get his shit kicked in a few times, a lot, actually. Um, like, he was almost bled out and died. But the fact that he was able to reach around and go, whoosh, whoosh, real quick, hit him with the old one-two, you know, I was good. Do you want my my take on Beast, or do you want my list for war movies? Beast. We're talking these movies now, Joe. We've moved <laughs> Save on. that for next week. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. That's next um, week's intro. <laughs> so, for Beast, um, kind of like Brady, this isn't a movie I want to go out and pay to see i found it kind of weird because i i kind of felt that this was beneath idris elba because i i hold him as a very good actor and a very so you're saying you're aware of the effect he has on women i'm very much aware of the effect he has on women yes um but um so i was like you know i'll watch this on i'll watch this on peacock so the opening sequence with the um with the poachers, I was like, "Oh, what the fuck!" It's gonna be the like one of these movies, and that's what kind of like it kind of bummed me out at first. But I was already rooting for the for the lion to kill these poachers. I was like, "Hell yeah, fucking kill them!" But um, from there going into the actual story, um, it was cool to see uh, as a Charlotte Copley. I, oh, I can never pronounce his first name. Charlito um, Copley. Thank you. I think. Um, you know, his so, first movie was District 9? Yeah. Like, I thought he was movie. in more than that. Mm-mm. And I looked it up, and I was like, this really... Because I saw him... I saw District 9 in theaters. And that's why I know who he is. And I was like, this man really started in District 9. Yeah. Crazy. He's he's from South South Africa. And that's where the movie was t- takes place and everything for District 9. Um, he was actually in the short film that Neil Bumpkin did, too, as well. Um. For, like before District Nine became a feature, there was a short of it, and that oh, was his. Yeah. That was technically like his first acting thing. That's and then they right. I forgot about that short. But I'm like, damn. But yeah, I was, like I was super excited to see him. I was like, yay! Like cool. Like we're in South. We're in South Africa. He's here too. I'm like badass. So I like him. Um, I, I'm with Brady. the The older daughter was annoying the shit out of me. But I get it that she's trying to process, you know, her her grievances and stuff like that. But to Idris Elba, you know, between her her mom dying and the 
the parents being separated and stuff like that. She's, you know, she's venting out her anger and, you know, it's just, she's lashing out at him, which I, I get, but I felt like she was, like she was picking the wrong times to do it. And they were making me not like the character that much. But honestly, I feel like they did a good, if by them doing that, they did a good job writing the character out because I was, I was not happy with how she was coming out. Um, I, I liked the pace of the movie overall. It was, it, it seems like a simple, you know, story concept. Uh, it's basically fucking Cujo, but with a lion, essentially. Um, but I liked it. I liked the struggle that they, that they faced. It, you know, gave a good, a good, you know, story or arc to everything. Um, I like, because I like the pacing of everything. I like that we actually see action sequences of, of them fighting against the lion and stuff like that. Um, to me, the ending kicked ass because I knew he was going to end up bringing, bringing the lion to the pride somehow, some way. And then we see a fucking two-on-one fight of the lions right after Idris has been almost fucking torn apart by the lion already. Um, I was really happy with the movie. Like I said, I, this isn't a movie I usually go out of my way to go out and watch. Uh, I wouldn't go to the theater and pay for it, but to see it on Peacock. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I, than I expected. And I would definitely watch it again. I'd give it four stars. This one, I, I don't really feel strongly about one way or the other. It was just kind of a movie I watched. Uh, I think I agree more with Brady about the, the pacing. Like it just, it felt off. And with like the daughter trying to like grieve her mom and stuff like that, like it just felt like, they were trying to force in storylines that they weren't really focusing on. Like there wasn't much to it other than this, this girl just overreacting to certain things, but I'd agree yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't hate it. I didn't particularly enjoy it. It, it was Idris Elba fighting a lion. Like, like Brady said, that's what we were all here for. And that's ultimately what we got. It's it was a just, good fight too. Yeah, it was. And I like you said, I like that he like brought it back to the the pack that was there and stuff like that. And they ended up helping him out. But yeah, it there really wasn't much to this movie, like in my opinion. It was just No, it 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 was the gray, but with Idris Elba. And he lives at the end. If but, you expect, you know, lion fight with Idris Elba, you get it. And you get some good other good scenes too. It makes it worth it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's how I went into the gray. Like, I want to watch Liam Neeson fight wolves. <laughs> and that's ultimately what I got. So, yeah, I mean, pretty average movie. I'd give it three stars, I guess. I didn't hate it, didn't particularly like it, but I'd, I'd probably watch it again. I have a story. Okay. I'm in West Texas, where this family just lost their daughter to an opiate overdose. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It's okay, it's not someone I was close to. But you flew to Texas for it? Uh, yes, uh, it was a girl I hooked up with a few times. Her family thought that we were more serious than I did. I've heard so much about you. I've, I've heard, yeah. Evelyn just didn't die, she was murdered. What? And the two of us are going to avenge her death. 
so as like a personal boundary, I don't avenge deaths. But here's what I can do. I'm gonna record everything that you think happened to Abilene. And we'll put it on a podcast and we'll see where it leads. What evidence does he have that it was a murder? Nothing. And that's the story. What's this podcast about? A new American reality where people invent these conspiracies. You got deep state, pill pushers, cartels, the law. Because the truth is too hard to accept. My Prius exploded. Oh my God. What if you were driving a real car with gas and stuff? The problem isn't that these people aren't smart. The problem is that they are. How do you take a coffee? In the mouth. If you want people to open up to you, you gotta act like one of us. Who here is a diehard fan of the University of Texas? <laughs> and who here is a fan of Texas Tech? What if she was murdered? This just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Looks like two pairs of prints, cowboy boots. Calling out an APB to find two men wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to her? Why do you care so much? Why do you care so little? We're so lucky in you, Emily. I really don't know what you saw in me. Art sees art. Texas has a full word. You can't solve something like this with a 45. It's the breakdown of society is what it is. Yes, ma'am. I think that's very wise. You're going to need a 12-gauge, a couple of ARs, no. Western yep. Automatic, and no. a sidearm yep. for no. safety. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm in an Uber. Vengeance. I I didn't know too much going into this movie. Um, I just knew it was a film by B.J. Novak, which I like B.J. Novak. And I knew there was a cameo of Whataburger, which made it all worth it for me. Um, but watching this movie, I felt like it was a movie based on Novak's character from The Office, Ryan. If Ryan didn't get into as much shit as he did at at Dunder Mifflin, because he's pretty self um, self absorbed, doesn't really care for the emotions of everybody else, but wants to be happy. Has a very big idea, and he wants to. He feels like he has to tell a story about it. And which was he wants to tell people on about America and like the story of America, like the dream of America. And I was that's very bold of you to to try to want to do like a, a podcast on which this is what he wants to do. Um, the opening sequence with John Mayer, and I was like, "What's John Mayer doing here?" And he was you know, honestly, you like, your I, body was a wonderland. I have. I have like mixed feelings about John Mayer because I know people, you know, consider John Fuck Mayer. John Mayer. Of, yeah, like people consider him a, a piece of shit. But I remember years back I read an article and he was like talking about like, you know, he's he's not very happy with life because he plays good guitar though. I'll give him that. He plays guitar, but like, and uh, this was like I was like I was in high school and I read this article, and he was like, well, you know, girls hit me up and you know they they seem nice and I actually like I want to truly have a you know some sort of friendship or relationship with them. Then they want to. Then they want to have sex, and then they abandon me, and that kind of bums me out because I'm just a, you know, I'm just become like a sex symbol or a piece of meat to them, and I'm trying to have a real relationship, and I'm like, that's kind of sad, John, but 
Yeah, you okay, kinda, John. You kind of do this to yourself, my boy. Um, but I was like, okay, whatever. Like, and as as the story continued and it gets into the the plot of it, the plot of the movie is um, Novak's character um, gets a call from a quote unquote girlfriend's brother that said girlfriend has passed away and he needs to come to her funeral in Texas. And upon going there, the brother tells him that I don't think she overdosed, which was the, the, the cause of her death. Allegedly, he believes that she was murdered and he wants to seek out revenge and find out who the person was that killed her and killed them. And Novak was like, um, I can't do that. But from there, he gets the idea that he wants to do a, a, uh, like a true crime pro- podcast about a white woman who was murdered and they want to figure out who the, who the murderer was. Your classic, you know, true crime podcast nowadays. Um, as the story unfolds, he's learning <coughs> about this family and he's getting to know them. And instead of just seeing them as characters for his podcast, he starts to actually grow a relationship with them and, um, you know, grows feelings toward them. And as he tries to unfold the, the mystery of the killing, uh, it ends up being someone else. And he kind of takes it harder than what he anticipated. And he ends up killing the person himself and deleting the entire podcast. Now, like I was saying, this, this, felt, this felt like a movie written for his character, Ryan. And but I felt like it was cool to see him kind of grow up throughout, throughout the movie. Um, of course he was, you know, the New Yorker in Texas, in West Texas at that. Um, I spent a good time trying to figure out exactly where about he was from. And I kind of put him around the Van Horn area, which Tyler, if you know where that's at kind of near big bend. I do not. Okay. So it's like in, it's like in the South Western part of Texas. Okay. So like where the, where it kind of like bends like that. Yeah. And it gets to the point of that. Yeah. He's in that little bendy area right there. That's what okay, I assume because he's like, I'm, I'm driving, I'm driving eight hours from Dallas essentially because he flew into Dallas. Yeah. He drives eight I, hours away and then he drove like an hour to Marfa. Well, didn't the brother, didn't the brother say something like, he was like, what part of, uh, he was like, what part of Texas are you in Dallas? He goes, Dallas is in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Which <laughs> was, was funny because like, I thought it was hilarious, but like he, the way he kind of explains where they're at, he basically says they're they're eight hours away from Dallas, and I was like, "There's, yeah. I think there's places closer you can fly into." Because um, I kind of what we're like, Abilene's three hours away from Dallas, and we're five hours away from Abilene. Yeah, <laughs> like he could have he could have had him fly into El Paso. I think that might have been a little bit closer, but okay. anyway, um, you know, he was like your typical you know, New Yorker in small town, Texas, trying to get accustomed to everything and um, getting used to the, the quirks of your, I want to say your classic Texan. I feel like the family uh, very much portrayed your typical Texans in a very well manner. Um, the funny, the one real funny scene for me was when he's at the rodeo and they're like, let's give a shout out for all the University of Texas University of Texas fans, and he's like, "Woo, the only one!" And then everyone's like, "All right, let's give it up for the Texas Tech!" And everyone's like, "Yeah!" And I was like, "This gives me some 
this gives me some fucking Texas A&M vibes just on the opposite side of the state. Yep. I'm within Big time West Texas vibes. <laughs> I'm within though UT though. Texas Tech ain't shit. Hell yeah. Sure, they give us Patrick Mahomes, but that's all they got. Uh, any who's um overall I I really enjoyed the the movie. The actor that really surprised me and kind of sold me for the entire thing was Ashton Kutcher's character. I think this was my favorite role that he's played because he he comes off very serious and like I don't I don't yes serious but very like he believes in everything he is saying as his character and even though he ends up being the 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 killer essentially just everything he he says I I felt like was just very much true and I was like, damn, this guy's like on a on a different mindset. And I but I feel like his portrayal of the character was very, very good. I think it's my favorite role I've seen him play. Um and of course the the showing off of Whataburger and how how in high regard the family held Whataburger and like how how they had it. I was like, this is fucking great. Because I love Whataburger. I know Tyler does too. We always fucking get it every time we play. Hey, we're, like, we're we're getting two by the time i think sometime next year so Bro, i'll start I'm loving it too i'm so excited for you to get a water burger man i'm oh, so yeah. excited for you to get one. hopefully it's as good as it is here yeah because i've honestly, heard the florida one sucks so because honestly the way that family talks about it is how everyone talks about it like because yeah. it's there it's, it's there. right there and it gives you what you want the tell you laughed as hard as i did all the the part at the rodeo where they're singing deep in the heart of Texas and he's like <laughs> trying to shazam it. He's fucking shazamming it. <laughs> Are you shazamming deep in the heart of Texas right now? No. And <laughs> another thing was the um, the Frito pie, and Tyler kind of reiterated it in our in our chat earlier. I legitimately thought it would be like not necessarily like a funnel cake, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like the idea of a funnel cake where you put it on a plate. And you sprinkle cheese and chili on top of a pile of Fritos. I didn't realize like the actual idea of a Frito pie was cut open the bag and dump yeah. all that shit inside. Yeah, that's that's all you do. Which I like. I was like, huh? Like I didn't realize. Like I forget that that type of thing doesn't is more of a like a Texas thing, and also similar fried Twinkies. That's more of a you know the state fair type thing that kind of blew it up. But I know. Did you hear what he said in that scene? They, they yeah, got fried Twinkies. <laughs> <laughs> <girls. laughs> fucking good can um, i send y'all uh my friend laura's thoughts on what a frito pie was yes sure. okay i couldn't remember if i did it was fucking great <laughs> it doesn't yeah, sound o- bad though overall i think i would give the movie a a four i i do want to watch it again because i felt like <laughs> i was i wasn't like fully checked in um but i think it's just because i was trying to like kind of see where he was going with it and i kept kind of re- like sort of relaying it back to his character Ryan, and I think if I just get away from that, I might, you know. I'll tell you, I, you're I, not the first person to say that, though. Like, if you um, go yeah. on Letterbox and read some of the reviews, it's like a couple of them have said, like, it's like he just wrote an extended version of his character from The Office. Yeah, and you know, like I don't, I didn't get that at all. <laughs> I don't, I don't perceive him as like to to be like that in real life because I don't think he is. I think he's a pretty nice guy. I mean, I don't think Ryan would write two children's books. So, um, and so like, I'm thinking it's just more of like a persona he was kind of portraying. So 
I said I I'd watch it again, and I but I give it four stars as well. Uh, out of the three movies we watched, I I like this one the most, honestly. Maybe it's just the fact that it is a movie like taking place in Texas, and I just I can relate to it that much more, even if I'm not anything really like the people from Texas in this movie or yeah we're not not anything like them but it's funny because like you look at the different regions of Texas and they're all fucking different because we're nothing like the West Texan not at all (laughs) but yeah like just this movie was the most interesting out of the three I don't know if that like I said that may just be me relating it relating to it as well as I do but just the story was great. The acting was great. Um, yeah, I I just, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'd probably give it four and a half stars, something like that. Good. I'll, I'll start by saying like, I when this movie first started, I wasn't, super into it mainly because that whole john mayer scene really kind of took me out of it not because john mayer wasn't or anything like that it was just like they're literally like the whole first like five minutes of this movie the opener is literally just them like scrolling through their phone being the grossest people in the world like what's what's a star and an asterisk mean oh yeah that means this is i was yeah, like being so fucking crazy <clears throat> Yeah, they're talking like, about like there's there's the, there's these dudes. Like I have to watch these dudes. Is what you're telling me? Like, oh come on, the constant but, ringtones going off, man. Yet they're I yearning was, for they're, they're, they're yearning for so much more in life. Yeah. They're like, you know, why can't I just have this and that? It's because you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um. And I remember sending you guys the preview in our group chat a couple months ago, and I was like, this actually looks kind of good. Uh, so I'll check it out and you know I really like this movie I ended up really liking this movie for the a the family characters like like let me just go ahead and read what I wrote down and we can go off of that I wrote uh, BJ Novak Ryan from the office managed to write direct direct write direct and star in a somewhat self-aware yet oddly charming dark comedy drama about a guy trying to solve the murder of a girl he hooked up with it's a great twisty mystery with a nice cast and a few laugh out loud moments sadly i think this movie suffers a little from its marketing leaning more towards the comedic elements of the film so if you go and expecting a comedy you'll get that but perhaps you might not enjoy the overall story Um, I agree with that. And I, I, I rewatched the preview after the trailer, after I watched the movie, and it does lean into the community, like the whole part about his car blowing up, and then the brother being like, "Imagine if you drove a car, like a real one with gas." Like He's that was wrong. like a, that was like <laughs> a scene they highlighted in the trailer itself. So they definitely were. And another scene they highlighted in the trailer itself was the the youngest brother driving him in the four-wheeler thing whatever it is yeah um and like those are definitely like scenes that you would highlight if you're trying to make a comedy 
Yeah. But the scene that really got me kind of early on is when they're like, so how's New York? And they're like, he's like, oh, well, you know, you know, it's not like this. And the girls are like, are you like, are you kidding? Like, it's so boring here and stuff of like that. And he goes, yeah, it's a little tacky. And they're like, why the fuck dare would you, you say that? They're like, how fucking dare you? And he goes, do you know how good our football team is? <laughs> that was like her defensive line. I was like, oh, my God fucking killed such me such a texas line too it is such a texas line i was like ah oh, jesus i saw a uh, wikipedia labeled this as a dark comedy and that's not what i would call it at it kind of is though it, it is, is to some the degree murder. because yeah, because the, the, the whole pre- the whole premise is he's literally trying to solve the murder of a girl he fucked once yeah it, like i get and that, have saved but... in her phone as like texas i don't know like the humor itself isn't all that no, it's no, not. It's no. not. No, but the, it's the not, premise. The, the, the premise comedy is isn't dark. dark. It's the premise of it. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. but it's the 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 premise that kind of builds around the comedy is what makes it dark. Um, what do you? Think? I do. I, I I did find it funny but, as hell when she was like, you know, I knew she loved you when she was like, Mama, he has me saved his Texas under his phone. <laughs> I was like, Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, what do you think the odds are that the girls were named after the towns they were conceived in? God, Pretty no. good. Because <laughs> you had Abilene, <laughs> you had Paris, and you had Kansas City. Yep. <laughs> no, um, I the reason I said it was self-aware is because it is very self-aware of what it's doing as far as like plot line goes, whereas Mm-hmm. literally the name of the podcast that he's making which is the weirdest fucking thing to me he's trying to make a podcast telling talking about america but the name of the podcast is dead white girl yeah and that that i think that's why i want to rewatch it again because i i feel like he's trying to turn the podcast into something else but it's still staying under that like that story of america premise which is confusing oh i think he's trying to i think his producer is saying hey you need to do the story of this girl's murder yeah but he wants to do the america story which makes no sense because yeah it makes no sense at all is he going to talk about yeah and that's 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 why it's also self-aware is like they're they're pointing out about how boring he is as a person Mm -hmm. um i didn't get although only that john mayer scene really did i get ryan from the office vibes after that I just got some guy who's in a kind of a funny situation and the fact that like he gets a call at 3 a.m. from people in Texas, like your girlfriend's dead. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, I would say it's just up until that point, I get Ryan vibes because after that, I don't. Yeah, he's just a douchey guy in a douchey business. So, of course, you're going to yeah. get Ryan from that. So I did not like I liked it the way it ended. But I also thought it was a very weird character change for him. But I'm, I'm, because like how you, he literally goes from this guy, again, standing on a roof without, with, uh, John Mayer going, man, I did this chick, to literally killing someone by the end of the movie. Killing yeah, someone I mean, that killed someone that he barely knew. It kind of, led to that properly though like the it whole did no i don't was, think like, wrong. him You're finding right. himself did. but 
Yeah. yeah I mean, and, he, and that's why like, that was where it also, like I said, it leans into the charming factor of like, it very much also is kind of like a, a, he found family there too. Like he knows if he ever goes back to Texas, he can go back to them because he's their, their family. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So like he, he almost felt like in a, in a weird way, it was like him apologizing to the family for everything that he did for the podcast and things like that that's ended up why he i think that's why he ended up deleting it but like it the the story is very well written and i i think because the story was well written it makes more sense that we got the ending we got but if the story wasn't well written and you go from yeah this chick has an asterisk by her name because of this to he's literally shooting someone it literally would not make sense and i think that's that's all on bj novak right there for writing a really strong character yeah, and I I, I also like that everybody in this movie is a strong character. The yeah. brother is a strong character. At one point, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this too, but at one point, I kind of started to suspect the brother did it. Yep, because <laughs> no. like that that I scene, I didn't, I didn't feel it specifically. It like that scene second, but... for a brief second, and I don't know if Tyler, you picked it up on the same spot, but specific specifically that scene in the Whataburger where the grandma says, oh, she was a dope fiend or something like that. Yeah. And they were like, well, he told us not to tell it, say anything. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh. But obviously, I then I was like, no, they're so close. I don't think he would do it. Yeah. So that it went away right away. But I was like, oh, oh, for a second, for a second. Yeah. It's just you like wrote every one thought. of those characters strong as hell. Uh, it was a funny movie. It was, like I said, charming, self-aware, just. I, don't know, I gave it a four stars. I might have given it a four and a half, actually. I think I the, only, four. the only thing I didn't like about the end is like I knew he went with every intention to kill whoever he figured out and killed her. Um, but I felt like it just like because we're running out of time in the movie, like I'm like, hey, well, he hasn't killed her yet. Like he hasn't killed this, he hasn't killed Ashton Kutcher yet. Come on now. And I, 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 I like I knew it was coming, but the timing still felt kind of random. And I think just because he missed the first shot, and but really he like missed that, the first that, shot, really, yeah, yeah, I mean, shot he him did in the miss. <laughs> well, yes, he did because he shot at the. And like honestly, like I wasn't even sure that he took the shot. I thought somebody shot from the outside, because he shot to the right of Kutcher, and it hit the tent. And That's okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. I didn't I think thought, his. Bro- I did think the brother was going to come in shooting. Yeah. yeah, I th- I thought the brother shot from the outside and missed him, and but it was it was Novak, and he hit him three times. But it, he missed the first shot, then hit him the second time in the jugular, and then third time in the head. Yeah. And I was like, mm, like the the timing on that could have been done a little bit better because it didn't feel as satisfying for some reason. Um, but then him leaving and then like going to the brother and like you, it's you know the shots panning back. And you can tell, like, he told him, hey, I, I killed him, let's fucking go. Um, it was a good ending, but I was like, I just felt that was, like, the only thing one that felt different for me. I like how he he, uh, <laughs> he tied the little brother into, like, the go-kart thing. Oh, yeah. Here. And, like, it's just, like, up here. So I'm like, he could still easily drive off. And he just goes, <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I forgot. Another thing I didn't like was and i think this is might be more nitpicky uh because we're from here their use of tex-mex in a more demeaning tone like for reasoning like they called 
That's West Texas the, for you. Yeah, but they called the little brother El Stupido. Yeah. And but like, yeah, that's El Stupido right there. And just, yeah, he doesn't know, speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I, I get like it fits the profile, but that was probably the only thing that like, kind of irked me a little bit. Like, yeah. Mm, come on, guys. Because especially like they did, they were like, they weren't criticizing immigrants, but they were kind of talking about it. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to, you're going to use some Spanish and, but you're going to criticize them, stuff like that. Well, I guess, like, you know, again, if it's, uh, I guess, would assume the West Texas kind of, you know, stereotype and stuff like that. Yeah. That's all I got. Barbarian. I was. This movie came out in like September, I think. And I had a friend go see it. And she was like, I went to go see this. I was like, How was it? And she was like, You need to go see it because I'm not going to talk to you about it until you see it. And I ended up not seeing it until October when it came out on HBO Max. Um, so, first off, that's a creepy ass house. If I saw it, on Airbnb, on Airbnb, I'd say nope. Like literally, just no. That creepy ass house. The the other thing is, it's the only like structurally sound house in the entire goddamn neighborhood, and it's the only house with a light on. <coughs> um, Pennywise opens the door. You run. <laughs> uh, at this point, just don't go inside. Find somewhere else to go. Go get a hotel. Uh, don't drink this tea don't do it don't don't drink the tea uh she is the late then she meets the lady that she's like working with or whatever and she's doing a documentary about detroit and telling you not to stay in that area you need to listen um stop going down the tunnel (laughs) uh yo you don't owe keith shit should have left his ass like why is she going after keith you know uh Rest in peace, Keith. Oh, hey, Justin Long. Uh, oh, hey, I don't like Justin Long in this. Uh, honestly, what a totally weird shift to have. Totally weird shift to have. Everyone in this movie is dumb. Justin Long deserves whatever is going to happen to him in this movie. How is he completely unfazed by the camera and cages? Uh, that GoPro type shot looks so good. There's like a shot where Justin Long's like walking around. Look, it looked like it was a GoPro. I don't know. Look good. Um, the tracking shots are nice. Leave. Just leave. You're in the car now. Go. Uh, <laughs> that's all the notes I wrote. My final thoughts were, uh, what, what, what did I just watch? <laughs> um, I appreciate this <clears throat> movies for movie for its originality. And admittedly, the first half or so of it was really intense. But after that, it just gets a little too wild. It's not a bad horror film at all, but it's not one I see myself revisiting for a while or even often. There's some beautiful cinematography, mostly in the form of a flashback scene in this film, as well as some very well done long tracking shots and even some handheld shots. Overall, I do find a 
this movie a little overhyped. And I feel that after the first half of the movie happens and then it tonally shifts for a while, it kind of loses the steam it had until it picks back up. But even then, it doesn't quite have the same intensity slash unsettling feel as the first half does. I can see it becoming a fun midnight movie for some, though. Like, it starts out really good. It starts out really strong. And then you get the Justin Long thing for way too long before he gets to the house mm-hmm. and then nothing happens for a couple minutes after he gets to the house and it just it takes every it takes the breath away from the movie and then like after that you've already like seen the weird everything so it's just like nothing like is shock value anymore yeah i'd agree with all that um the i don't think, I don't think it's the first hour but the first part of the movie up until it kind of has like a like the first I guess climax of the movie um was very strong and yeah if I saw this movie this this fucking house I would not fucking go there because every other house on the street was destroyed essentially um, there was no lights on too no, no lights on either yeah um and like I wasn't too sure what this movie was going to be going into it um it was not weird humanoid giant lady that was not on my list of what this movie was going to be though so for it to naked chud lady nope um so for it to take that turn i was like like that kind of fucking scared me i was like holy shit um because it kind of gave me um the descent vibes with you know kind of narrow hallway weird humanoid thing like it was giving me that vibe um so when like when it kind of climaxed and it shows her you know in the flashlight and like screaming and then it cuts and then justin long appears i don't like justin long he's fucking annoying he reminds me of the 2000s he reminds me of the 2000s and i I can't can't fucking stand him um and i hated his character even more so because he was such a fucking idiot um as he shows up to the uh to the property because he owns it through a through a company he's kind of staying here for the night to kind of lay low from the allegations he's now he's now facing in the movie um like he's just so fucking stupid because he's like oh i found more square footage in this house that i can then I can claim and make the value of this house go even higher. And like Brady has said, you're not going to be faced by the hidden door, by the weird creepy room with the, with the mattress and the camera. You're not going to be creeped out by the cages that are even further beneath your home. Oh, no. The More biggest footage. The biggest, scariest, the, the scariest part of this entire movie, the most horrifying thing about this movie, is fucking Keith's toothbrush just sitting on the floor. Who the fuck does that? Who does that? I get the plug down there, but come on. I'm glad I wasn't alone in that. (laughs) Um, Fucking Keith. But like, I I think like after like once this started kicking in, the movie got more funny for me, and yeah, like it lost some of its steam. Um. The the flashback to when we get to the the father, who kind of started this whole thing, was very cool. Um, I kind of wish we got more into that. Because I want to know, like, how 
I mean, yes, I'm assuming this is like his one, like one of his daughters or something like that. But like, how do we get to this point? You know what I mean? They they just kind of flash back to kind of show you the house and stuff like that. And then we get back to the to the current time and things like that. Um, what kind of killed the, I guess the vibe for it is seeing the the humanoid lady outside. I feel like when you kind of take a like a creature out of out of its like zone like that in a horror movie, it kind of ruins it. Now, yeah, I, I, I know a, there's I was annoyed when the dude was like, I've been living here for 25 years and she's never bothered. Like, yeah, come on. She fucking Kool-Aid man herself through the wall. Um like you could just kind of killed the vibe for it, another 25 years. It like it it killed the like the aesthetic of horror for for her. Because now she's free roaming. You're telling me she like she walks out into the street and free roams her and no one's seen her before, just you. And you're telling me she could have done this the whole time? Like, why is she yeah. not doing this? Why is she not doing this already then? So that's what kind of killed the vibe for me. Um, but like I said, just watching Justin's long character be a real piece of shit. Just was like, oh, he's so fucking annoying. Right, especially he, at the end when like he like pushed her off the thing or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, oh, sorry. Like, that's that was my only option. That's the only thing I could have done and stuff like that. Like, you, you, you got to believe me. Like, that's, that was my only option. No, you fucking piece of shit. But overall, like, I wouldn't say the movie was overhyped because I didn't really, I didn't hear a lot about it, but I was excited to watch it. I will say for me it was because I literally had like eight people like, have you watched this yet? Have you watched this yet? Like, no, get over it. Watch when I watch it. I post everything I watch on Instagram, people. If you want to know if I'm watching it, you'll know when I'm watching it, you know? I would say I'd give the movie three and a half stars. When I watch it again, probably, yeah. Like I said, I, 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 I agree. It? It's kind of like a midnight movie, like kind of like a late fun one to watch. And then you give it a four. Oh, if I gave it a four, I'm going to fucking take it down. Thinking about it made me mad. I gave it four and a half, damn it. <laughs> Ugh. A little, it's a bit high, buddy. Yeah, both of y'all are too high. This This movie was just utter fucking hot garbage like Connor, you don't like horror movies though so what i do don't expect? but this this set a new fucking low for me man like i didn't give a shit about what was going on until what was his name keith the guy that was already at the airbnb i didn't give a shit about what was going on until he was getting his head bashed against the wall and then even even after that it ended about two minutes later <laughs> like justin long was the only character with any real fucking depth in this movie to me. And I fucking hated him too. <laughs> so like this movie, uh, what a fucking waste of time, man. Like I hated it. <laughs> I don't have anything good to say about it. It was just, look, man, garbage, that's fine man. with me. I need someone that I can't, we can't have three good movies of all of us. Yeah, this is great. We need a hater. Great this would have never happened. Let your if hate were... flow through you, brother. <laughs> this uh, would have never happened if they were in Flint and King A10 was was defending the streets out there, man. <laughs> this would never have happened if she listened to the lady she's doing a job for and left when she said, Hey, don't stay in that part of town. She's yeah. like, You're saying where? <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been my sign. Like, I'm just gonna fucking go. And she <laughs> like... just needly, 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 let's go back. 
and all that for bullshit some guy, about like, oh, there's a medical convention in town. I'm like, you're telling me there's not a goddamn Motel 6 in the suburbs that you can get to? Like, for Go stay with uh, Harry the Hobo. He seemed kind of nice. To be fair, when we try to get a place in Austin, come on, man. How much fucking trouble do we have when there's an event going on? That's why I don't stay in Austin. I'd rather just drive the four hours back. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I drive on sleep deprivation and anger. Exactly. <laughs> do you know how many times I've done that? Yeah, you do it all the time. And I, and I doze off in the passenger seat. Do it right yeah. now. <laughs> Or we just throw on the weekend and jam out until we're happier. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Or the dop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, but it's a, like that whole, like, the fact that, like, she could walk outside and shit like that. Like, it does leave the question of, like, why didn't she kill this hobo dude earlier? Like, what, what did he, like, give her some bread sometime or something? Like, he, what's going on here? He made it seem like it wasn't the first time she'd been outside. Like I think yeah. he said something about her like only coming out at night or something like that. But but yeah, clearly like, she was trying to get this lady back into the house during the day because she's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's what's she been doing like this whole fucking time? And then my the flash- baby, the flashback was interesting, but it just it felt so out of place. It like, did overall. But and like it the flashback felt like I was, was the greatest cinematography in that movie. Though. Yeah, it, it was great. I felt like I was watching a fucking Grand Theft Auto gameplay because it was all like over the shoulder shots and shit <coughs> like that. Yeah, there's the tracking shots like, and shit. Yeah, that shit was nice. Yeah, that that was the best part of the movie. And no, just, I'm glad we I talked about like this movie. Had now I fucking hate it. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even, like I, I made a face whenever Joe said three and a half stars or three stars. Whatever. I just put that shit back down to two and a half. Fuck that. <laughs> good <laughs> god i i was like man i i, I get it, it was, fuck this movie bro like oh my god yeah like no, I, I, I haven't eight been people, eight people have you seen this movie oh my god never ask been... me if i've seen a movie again yeah <laughs> i haven't been this upset about a movie since the fucking carnival one that we watched for this shit whatever the fuck that piece of trash is called <laughs> uh oh, oh uh, the freak show the one. one yeah yeah, that one sucked. The what? Yeah, the the freak show one. The Gil with the Toto one. Oh, oh, um, Nightmare Alley. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I, that one, that one sucked. Uh, yeah. At least that one had a better ending. I don't even remember. Debatable. <laughs> I hated them both. Yeah. So yeah, <coughs> I I have nothing good to say about this movie. Zero stars. I I regret the time that I spent watching it. <laughs> Okay. Well, all right then you guys got anything else uh you will get my top five war movies on the next episode i said three bro and i will i got i got some top five and i got some all eyes so also a new southern revival album death knell out november 17th next thursday God damn right Drops next Thursday, November 17th. Beyond if y'all are in the Corpus music. area, we'll be at the House of Rock playing a show to release it. Brady will be here. And yep. if he's not, we're going to be heartbroken. He is on the flight right now, actually. Perhaps he had an off. <laughs> Anything else? Come uh-huh. close there, guys. Yeah, yeah. Start walking, um, buddy. <laughs> nah, I got nothing else. Bye. Later, Bye. players. Bono, oh, oh, no. Solo
Oh, 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 oh,